Thanks for listening to Beyond the Summit, a podcast by the Keene Seventh Adventist Church. We're in a new series called As It Is in Heaven on Earth. And it's a series focused on one of Jesus' most prolific teachings on prayer. It's found in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6. We're going verse by verse, line by line, through the Lord's Prayer. And we're learning along the way about how and where heaven touches earth and how prayer changes our lives. Excited for what this series is already doing in our community. Let's dive in to today's episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everybody else. Thank you to Keen Avis Elementary School for leading us in worship this morning. Can we give it up one more time for them? Under leadership of Miss Annie, she's running around kids. Mr. Colter, appreciate it very, very much. Joining me on the stage this afternoon uh, is Pastor Anthony Leiter, and I'm excited to share with you, he's our, our next young adult pastor, pastor for young adults. I'm uh, gonna be leading Elevate. Yeah, good up for him. I mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago that he would be joining our staff and lots of excitement brewing around that. And I mentioned also, this is, this is just kind of a teaser for what's to come, right? August is when he'll officially be here finishing up some studies at Andrews University, Master of Divinity or something like that, right? Uh, and so today I, I just, I wanted to introduce him to you so that you, you, you see him. He preached and elevated, did a fantastic job. And he's gonna be visiting about once a month between now and August as he kind of gets normed in and figured out that transition. So. Keep him uh, in your prayers as he's studying and then also kind of uh, foot there, foot here and thinking about what the future has to offer. Um, but I, Anthony, I'm so glad that you're joining our team. Uh, I'm going to be uh, a part of our staff and looking forward to good things and great things from you and, and an Elevate. Can I say a prayer over you? Father in heaven, thank you uh, that, that the, the invitation was extended and, and Anthony accepted. We're so, so grateful for that. Uh, and. and more than that, God, for who he is and the ministry that you've called him to. And I'm thankful that here's the place that you've called him to. Uh, so Lord, be, may your hand be over him as he transitions from uh, studies into pastoral work. Got a few months left and kind of easing in that, dipping the toes in this weekend. Uh, Got to pray that your hand of blessing and favor would be over him uh, and that your, wor- your will and your kingdom would be done in keen as it is in heaven. God, we love you. Look forward to seeing you soon. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Anthony, blessings. A couple other things. If, by the way, if you see him around today, give him a warm, keen welcome. Uh, he's uh, fantastic and excited, excited for what's to come. A couple of things before we dive into, a couple of other things before we dive into the message this morning. Uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting, I mentioned it last week and we about doubled attendance at Wednesday night prayer meeting. So if you're interested in hearing and following the voice of God, going a little bit deeper into our sermon series and just what I have to share with you on Sabbath mornings, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. in person or online. Also, uh, Beyond the Summit, is a new podcast that we're releasing where we take audio recordings of the messages you hear on Sabbath morning. Uh, they can be in your pocket, on the road, on the go, in an audio form. And I'll also be recording some conversations that help augment our uh, our time in the Word on Sabbath morning. So if you're interested in not only, I know we have, we have YouTube and Facebook where you can go back and watch the services and catch the message. Uh, if you're wanting it in audio form, this is the place to go. And you can find it anywhere you stream podcasts. 
Um, if you don't know what a podcast is, like just ignore this uh, announcement, it's okay. Those that do know, you're scanning the QR code, you're getting there. Uh, and anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can find Beyond the Summit. And uh, we've already got messages up there from this series and the one before, and I'm working in the next couple of weeks to record some conversations that we'll be releasing um, uh, uh, in, the, in the coming weeks. And also I do want to mention tomorrow at 2 p.m. in the chapel, uh, memorial service, funeral service for Julia Reed, a beloved member of our, of our congregation. I want to remind you of that. And you probably saw the email communication this week and the uh, social media post. Uh, pastor Rick is going to be completing his duties as administrative pastor here at the Keene Church. Uh, his last Sabbath will be next week, March 11. So we're going to have a come and go farewell reception for him and his wife, Teresa. Uh, they are going to be relocating and uh, excited for them, but I'm, I'm very sad. I've gotten to, uh, it, it's been an incredible time to, to work with Rick over the, the past couple of years, both as a colleague and stepping into this role. He's been a tremendous, tremendous support to me and I appreciate that. And he's done a lot for our church and for our community professionally and as a volunteer. So he and Teresa will definitely, definitely be missed. Uh, so please share your appreciation for them uh, as they transition on. It's interesting as one comes, another goes. Hopefully the, the trend is we can kind of keep everybody here. I told the staff a couple weeks ago, I said, everybody can leave. Two weeks after I leave is when you guys can leave. Uh, so Pastor Rick, thank you. Appreciate uh, your service uh, to this church and this community. So next week, uh, we'll celebrate Pastor Rick and invite you out to that. Here we go for our message this morning. Is it okay if we do another quiz? We had two questions earlier. We got KS here today, why not? Uh, Slido, we're gonna put that up on the screen. We'll do it digitally. So if you wanna pull that out and scan the code, go to slido.com, put in the code 114. You can engage with our quiz this morning. Uh, first service did really well with the quiz. So just, just know that those who come before you have set a high standard for excellence in these questions, all right? I see some more people scanning. Let me get you there. Or you can just type in slido.com, go to code 114. I'll give you about another 10 seconds. Somebody started counting, maybe five. We'll go ahead and put the first one up on the screen here. I'm better at finding a parking spot than the person sitting next to me. I'm better at finding a parking spot than the person sitting next to me. In first service, one gentleman raised his hand and his wife, you should have seen the look on his wife's face. She's like, what? <laughs> Full house today, I'm sure. Uh, my wife's telling me she rode, drove in circles trying to find one this morning. 67% uh, of the room says they're better than the person next to them at finding a parking space. Interesting, interesting statistic. Next one, I find joy in living paycheck to paycheck. I find joy in living paycheck to paycheck. All right, 85% of the room says no, 9% says maybe, and 6% of you uh, will pray for you. We'll pray for you. All right. Uh, here's the next one. I regularly pray about the little things in life. I regularly pray about the little things in life. Lost keys, wallet, which aisle to pick, et cetera, et cetera. Regularly pray about the little things. All right, 75% say yes, I pray about the little things. 14, 15% says maybe. About 11% say no. Okay, good. Majority of the room praying for the little things. Two more for you. Prayer should only be reserved for the most sacred of requests. Prayer should only be reserved for the most sacred of requests. 
Got to be careful when the pastor speaks in extremes. Okay. Let it set for a little bit. 92% of the room says no. Congratulations, you passed the exam. You passed the test this morning. We're going to explore that one in a moment. And then last one here, God wants us to pray about our day-to-day needs. God wants us to pray about our day-to-day needs. What say you? 98, 97% of the room says yes. 3% of the room says no. Again, pass. Good job. Good job. Proud of you. Today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 and Exodus chapter 16. And we'll finish up in Mark. So that's the journey that we're going on. Matthew 6, Exodus 16, and then Mark chapter 10 is where we're headed today. So if you want to kind of get your fingers in those three places, we begin first in Matthew 6. Then we're going to go to Exodus 16, and then we're going to be Mark chapter 10. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. We're in the series as it is. Here's the Lord's Prayer. This then is how you should pray. So we're just settling into this passage of Scripture for an extended pound, uh, part, uh, amount of time. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Next one, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. It's the Lord's prayer. Remember the structure we looked at a couple of weeks ago, that it begins with three requests of God that his name, will, and kingdom be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven is the pivot point of this prayer. Now, all the focus has been in heaven. Lord, what you're doing up there, may that be done here on earth. And now we have the opportunity to ask for things on our behalf. Give us, forgive us, lead us, and deliver us. And today we look at the first request that we make on our behalf. Give us today our daily bread. Those of you that were here in Elevate and heard Pastor Anthony speak, he took this message. He, I, like, I like his analogy. I'm going to borrow it. He said, we're going to look at this like a, like a loaf of bread. We're going to slice it three ways. Except he went front to back. I'm going to go back to front. We're going to begin with the end of this verse. Give us today our daily bread. What's up with daily bread? How do we come to understand this? When Jesus is sharing this prayer with the the people that he's speaking the Sermon on the Mount to, he's talking to people that literally live paycheck to paycheck, day to day. Not today, but day by day, they would receive their payment from their employer. They would take it back home, get what they needed to for that day. There wasn't the American dream of saving up in this and the 401k and the Roth IRA. No, 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 none of that. What you had is what you had. Now, there are some people that made themselves successful in investments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the average person lived day to day, paycheck to paycheck. Your take-home pay was literally your take-home pay at the end of the day. And he's speaking and sharing this prayer. And it's interesting that in a prayer that's got uh, so many different ideas and requests that are of a cosmic magnitude, that we're just beyond your kingdom and your will, forgive us, heal our relationships, lead us away from evil. And by the way, can we have some plate, some bread on our plate this afternoon? 
In the middle of this prayer, Jesus takes it down from this cosmic aspirations and apocalyptic magnitude and says, I care about your every day today. Martin Lloyd-Jones in his book, Studies in the Sermon on the Mount, puts it this way. Our Lord is now considering our needs and clearly the first thing that is necessary is that we must be enabled to continue our existence in the world. We are alive and must be kept alive. Profound, but simple. Simple, but profound. It makes sense. One of God's obligations and bringing us into creation is that we continue to live on a base level. And in the grandeur of all the universe and everything that God has to deal with, he cares about you and I on an everyday basis, on an individual basis. I wanna look for a moment in Exodus chapter 16 and see if we can understand this concept of daily bread just a little bit more. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam. This is Exodus 16, verse 1. And came to the desert of Sinai, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But we have brought us, you have brought us into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Bread from heaven. People are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Picture it in your mind for a moment. They've been walking for a while. They're in the middle of the desert and they've started to grow hungry. And they said, we were in Egypt and we had plenty of food. Yeah, we were slaves, but what was the worst thing that could happen? We could have died there, but our stomachs would have been full. They kind of sound like teenagers on a mission trip or like a road trip that it's like, they've been wor- working hard and it's only like 10 o'clock in the morning. It's like, oh, we're starving, Right? It's like I could have been starving back at home and like playing video games and we're out building this thing in the middle of nowhere and I'm hungry. Yeah, the Israelites acted like teenagers more often than we'd like. We act like teenagers maybe more than we'd like. We could have been hungry at home back in Egypt. At least our our bellies would have been full. You could have killed us there. But notice in this passage that God provides for them daily bread. We know it is manna and literally in Hebrew that means what is it? They had no idea what it was, but it was there every day for them to have access to. God, get this, God actually cares about our day-to-day existence. For the Israelites, it was bread from heaven that showed up at like dew and then it was there and it's like, oh, they were seeing a look at a moment of what they did with that. But God actually cares about our day-to-day existence. And so often, and I'm guilty of it in sermons, you do it in Sabbath school and, and we gather as a church, we like to pontificate about the grandeur of who God is. And we'll connect this salvation theme to this image in Daniel and then you the, to Revelation, all of a sudden you got these like red marks on the board and like the newspapers and you're like, it all makes sense. But we lose sometimes the simplicity of a God who cares for us. Not just the eschatological reality of salvation in the future, but that today your existence would be provided for. God actually cares about our everyday existence. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount will continue on in chapter six and talk about the lilies of the field. 
and how he clothed them better than, than any clothes that Solomon could have put on. He talks about the sparrow who falls and that the father cares about that sparrow. And some of us like this passage, some of us don't. The one that's about God knowing the number of hairs on your head, num- knowing the number of hairs that aren't on your head. I know it's a sore, sore place for some people, right, right, right? And for us, it's like, who cares? God does. God cares about you to the point that he knows how many hair follicles you have on your head or how many are hanging on with like one last gasp of maybe I'll provide something. All right, I'll, I'll leave it there. It's the simple stuff that God cares about. Cares about your, 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 your parking spot and your lost keys. I, I remember uh, a couple of years ago, I, I went to Dollar General and was, was picking some, uh, some stuff for, for, for home. And I, I went to pay for my things and I collected everything and I left. Kind of normal everyday occurrence, right? I, I, I then, a couple of days later, go to purchase something else at another store and I reach for my wallet and I realize that my credit card and my ID are missing. And you know that moment where it's like, where did they go? And where did I use them last? And you run back home and all of a sudden the couch cushions are in the middle of the living room and you've like flipped the whole place upside down, can't find where it is. And I'm, I'm just like, oh, God, help me. I'm, where, where, where's, my, where's my credit card and my, my ID? I began to retrace my steps, and go back, where is it? Ah, maybe Dollar General, maybe, just maybe. That's the last thing I can remember purchasing. And you know, you do the frantic, open up your credit card app and like turn the, turn the card off, check and see if there's any purchases, let them know if it's fraudulent or whatever. I'd done all that. And I had an appointment to go to and ask my wife, I said, hey, could you go to Dollar General? I've got I've to go to this thing. Could you, could you go check that for me? And I, I went to my appointment here on campus or at the church, I don't remember which. And about 10 or 15 minutes later, I get a text that says, they have it, they have it. And I said a small prayer, thank you, Lord, you care. And what had happened is I'd pulled out one card, they'd fallen out on the floor and I didn't realize it. And somebody walking behind me didn't notice it until I'd already left, but they handed over to the cashier to keep in a safe spot. So when that I would return, it would be there for me. God cares about your everyday existence. He's done it in my life, and I know he's done it in yours. Richard Foster puts it this way in Celebration of Discipline. Children do not find it difficult or complicated to talk to their parents, nor do they feel embarrassed to bring the simplest need to their attention. Neither should we hesitate to bring the simplest requests confidently to the Father. I love how God runs ahead on sermon series because when I was charting this one out and said, yeah, March 4 is when we're going to do daily bread, hadn't, didn't even take into consideration that was K-A-E-S, Sabbath. Think about that for a moment. Children do not find it difficult or complicated to talk to their parents. Those of you that had kids that speak, ours are like, we're, we're working on it. He's kind of flexing his vocal cords, but he's not quite there with words yet. Some of the things that come out of your children's mouths, right? Like, who taught you that? Who's your parent? Like, oh, okay, yep, that's me. Our kids have a way of just saying the thing that needs to be said and not being embarrassed about it, about communicating their need. And God invites us through prayer to have the same relationship with him. That on a day-to-day basis, we can communicate our needs with the innocence of a child. Today, Matthew chapter 6, verse 11 again, give us today our daily bread. Back to Exodus for a moment, Exodus 16 verses 13 through 21. 
Exodus 16, verses 13 through 21. That evening, quail came and covered the camp. They weren't satisfied with manna, so they asked for quail. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew around the camp. Verse 14, when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. It's your daily bread. This is what the Lord commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much and some gathered little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little didn't have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept uh, part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. Sometimes the temptation when God provides for us today is to hold a little bit back and, and what we're really saying about our picture of God is that he might not be faithful tomorrow. I got a little bit today and I'm gonna hold just a little bit back so that maybe tomorrow in case the manna doesn't come, I'm gonna make sure that I have enough. But God says, when Jesus is modeling what it is to pray, he says, pray for bread today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Pray for bread today. We still got some, we've got some kids here today, right? Let me, let me ask, let me talk to the kids real quick. All right, so kids, listen up. How many of you are absolutely confident that you are going to have lunch in uh, a couple of hours? How many of you are at kids? Let me see kids' hands, yep. How many of you are confident, kids? Okay, majority, I think every kid in the room was like, yes, my, we're gonna have lunch in a couple of hours. There was a parent like holding a kid's hand up, like, yep, don't let parents think bad about me. Come on, get your hand up, right? And as a kid, you trust your parent to provide. It's not a question of if we're having lunch, it's a question of when we're having lunch and then what we are having for lunch. The same thing is with God, that day by day, we can trust him for our everyday needs. And also, you know, in taking care of Micah, our son, I've never noticed him stashing bottles full of milk in his crib or in his playpen, right? He's not holding anything over for tomorrow. He says, I trust you for today. And he lets us know when he's hungry, right? Praying today, for, praying today reminds us of our temporal parameters. Praying for daily bread today guards us against enjoying the gift and forgetting the giver. Because what the Israelites had done when they seen the manna and said, oh, there is provision, they forgot the provider. That God was going to show up the next day with manna again because he promised that he would. They pulled it to themselves and said, I will trust in the provision instead of the provider. And the essence of this prayer, give us today our daily bread is less about the bread and it's more about God. But more on that in a moment. I like how N.T. Wright puts it. We let greed sometimes get in the way of grace. That I pull to myself when grace is just lavished upon us. And it's easy to remember the giver when the gift is of a substantial size. It's the, the big answer to prayer, the healing from a diagnosis, the, the care during an accident, whatever it might be. But if it's inconsequential, like you woke up this morning and took a breath, 
when it's trivial, it's easy to forget the God who gives so well. Pete Gregg in the book, Dirty Glory, talking about prayer, puts it this way. Your relationship with God is at its best when you talk to him about trivia, trees and trains and parking spaces. If you only pray about big, important, weighty matters, you will only occasionally be grateful. But if you learn to pray about things like nice looking trees and your daily bread when the supermarket is full of stuff, then you will live in a state of continual gratitude for miracles so common that most people take them for granted. Wake up in the morning, praise the Lord for the sun. There are some people who are not seeing the sun today. Praise the Lord for the trees, for the lights, for this, whatever it might be. You wanna live a life of gratitude? Start thanking God for things in your immediate presence. What goes into your everyday existence? And remember, this passage says more about daily, more about God than it does about daily bread. Matthew 6, verse 11, give us today our daily bread. Our daily bread is there, it's provided today, but the request is, Lord, would you give? This is a direct request. This is very audacious in some ways. It articulates a need and implores God to say, would you give? We are in need. And for some of us, alarm bells are going off because just a couple of verses earlier in this passage, Jesus says, your father already knows what you need before you even ask. So why do we need to ask? If God already knows, he's gonna provide. What, why, do, why do I need to ask? I'm gonna take you to Mark chapter 10, just two verses and a short story. Jesus encounters a blind man and he says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asks. Imagine the disciples like, okay, Captain Obvious. Like it's obvious what this guy would want done for him, right? And the blind man said, Rabbi, I wanna see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. Obvious to us, perhaps what this man needed, healing of his sight. But what Jesus wanted Jesus wanted to hear him say it. Jesus wanted the man to articulate his need and hear it from his lips. Because in the whole economy of how prayer works, remember last week, it's less about answers and it's more about relationship. And asking, requesting is the avenue to a relationship with God. God wants us to ask. God likes us to come to him. It is not a bother for us to lift a request before God. He welcomes it. He says, I am the provider. I'm the one that can give you everything that you want. All I'm waiting for you is to ask. Remember the passage in James where it says, you have not because you ask not. God says, I'm here. I'm the provider on a day-to-day -day basis. Everything you need for existence can and will be found in me. All you've got to do is ask for it. It's the simple things and it's the complex things. But the way that we understand the complex things, when the answer prayer doesn't come on the big thing, I think sometimes we can wrestle that out in the small things. That if we grow in appreciation for the little things in life, that it will help us understand when the big question isn't answered. It's in the small, it's in the little. George Mueller, uh, 
German missionary who's living in England who's known for his praying and for his care of children. There's a story that's told about him that one morning he woke up and he took one of the people that was working in the orphanage to the, to the pantry and opened up the pantry doors to prepare breakfast and there was nothing in the pantry. Nada, nothing. Hungry mouths to feed in just a few hours. And the assistant asked like, so what are we gonna do? And George says, we're gonna pray. And here's what he said, bowed his head. And to God, he said, thank you for what you are going to give us to eat. Now, I don't know about you. I may have approached God and said, Lord, you understand our situation. If it be a part of your will, would you perhaps provide some little morsel for the kids to be able to eat today? No, George says, forget I'm dispensing with all the pleasantries. God, I'm thanking you already for the provision that you're going to provide. And as he says, amen, there's a knock at the door. And he opens the door, says, hey, can I help you? And it's the town baker. And the baker begins to articulate that he woke up at 2 a.m. that morning and could not go back to sleep and had a burning desire on his heart knowing that George needed bread. So he told George, I, I couldn't go back to sleep until I baked bread. And so all this morning I've been baking bread. Could you use some bread this morning for the kids? No, we couldn't use it. No, of course, George's like, yes, thank you. So he welcomes them in, they get the bread, get the kids eating, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's another knock at the door. The gentleman begins to describe and say, my, my wagon just broke down a couple of blocks from here. Uh, I'm not going to be able to make my milk deliveries because this is before refrigeration. It's like ice, but you know, you get it. Before pasteurization. I, I'm not going to be able to make the milk deliveries and the milk is going to go bad. Could you use some milk this morning? Yes. Yes, we can use some milk this morning. Welcomes a man, gets the milk. And that morning, the children under the care of George Mueller after a prayer as audacious as thank you for what you are going to give us to eat, had a breakfast of bread, fresh bread and fresh milk. God cares. God cares on a day-to-day -day basis for you. Maybe we haven't experienced it because we haven't been asking, because our credit card limit is pretty high, because we have a, a savings fund, because our house is in pretty good repair and our car is reliable because everything else is going well in our lives. And who needs God for those things? Because I've figured out life for myself. I think our lives would take on a completely different tone that even if all of that was true, that we wake up in the morning and say, God, thank you for life. Thank you for son. Thank you for what is in or not in my bank account. Thank you for what's in the cupboard or not in the cupboard. I'm trusting you to provide today. And when we pray this prayer, we proclaim loudly to the entire universe of the provision that's coming. We read the passage several moments ago from Isaiah 65 about God turning this earth into fertile ground and providing grain for his people. Praying simple prayers calls to mind that hope of glory that one day in the very reality of God, all our needs will be met, the big and the small. So here's an invitation for today, your next steps. I encourage you, 
As you're leaving this place, when you get back home, maybe it's at the lunch table this afternoon, this evening before you go to bread, go to bed, <laughs> pray with specificity. Pray something so specific that only God can answer it. Something so specific that it makes you uncomfortable, that I need this exact amount to make rent next month that I need this particular thing to happen in this relationship, that I need this to happen for my kids. God, I need this or I need this. Pray in a way that when it's answered, the only way that it's answered, that it's between you and God, that God's the one that's provided. When you pray audaciously in that way, it's gonna stretch you. It's gonna grow you and it's gonna welcome God into a part of your life that God has may never been before. But what it's gonna do is gonna well up gratitude inside of your heart and you're gonna begin to recognize God's provision in your life on a day-to-day -day basis. The only reason we have breath inside of our lungs is because it's God that's given it to us. So today, pray with specificity. And if you need someone to pray with, I invite you down at the end of the service. We're gonna have Mr. Coulter and uh, Pastor Abby here to pray with you at the end of today. Let's bow our heads. God, there's something on our hearts, an oddly specific request that we don't even know that you care about, but perhaps you do. So God, encourage us this afternoon to come before you and say, God, would, would, you, would you do this thing? Give us today our daily bread and may we trust you. May we trust you wholeheartedly that you are the provider. And may we with thanksgiving welcome the provision. And may we turn back to you with that thanksgiving once more. God, I'm looking forward to seeing what you're gonna do in this community. The specific requests that are on our heart right now. God, I can't wait to hear about them. So God, thank you for answering. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As you go today, the members have one more song. I invite you to enjoy it. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And may he provide for you today some bread.